beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams Podcast. This is Joshua Black, your co-host today. Sean Ram, uh, I know you're, you're listening to this because you want to hear his voice, um, but sorry, today's not the day for that. So hopefully you'll still uh, continue to listen. We have a great guest and we have a great co-host. So the co-host name is Jade Black. Jade, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you for asking. And so today is a like an interesting day um, for for us because we have someone that I think is going to talk a little bit more about their loss. And I like these episodes because some of the times when we have guests on, we don't get too deep into their loss because they have so many stories and it's just one aspect. But for this guest, I think that's one place we're going to be going uh, very deeply in and to hear about the loss and the journey she's been on to help normalize the experiences for others who have suffered uh, a loss themselves. So today we have Melly Fricker, and she is currently studying transpersonal counseling psychology at the Clear Minds International Institute and is to graduate in July. After losing her grandmother in the summer of 2015, Melly began exploring her grief. She has become passionate about living life to the fullest, which she believes to be her grandmother's legacy. Melly is a determined, compassionate woman who craves knowledge, adventure, and vulnerable conversations. She uses her connection to spirit to guide her through life of abundance and love. So, Melly, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm happy you're here also. And I just want to know, where are you from? I'm from Langley, British Columbia. BC. Jade, are you from BC? <laughs> I think you know that. Yes, I am. <laughs> wow. I am. All right. BC crew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, you know, one of those things is I do want to visit BC some more. Uh, it's such a beautiful, it has so much, so much nature. Is that one place or one thing that you love about uh, BC? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do um, love the nature and, and going for hikes and, and just, yeah, it's really a connective experience for me just going out into the forest and hanging out. So what do you love more, the forest or the water? Uh, the forest. I like water better. Yeah, I like if the... I had to pick, I would, I would pick water. I like the trees. <laughs> what is it about the trees? Is it just you like the birds? Do you just like the cover? Like, uh, I think for me, it's that the trees, I feel like they hold a lot of knowledge. They've been around for a long time, so they know a lot more than we do. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Well, like you can say the same thing about water. It's probably been around for a long time, too. That's <laughs> since true. That's true. That's true. The stories it has, right? <laughs> Can't argue with that. And for those of you who are listening who aren't quite sure where Langley, British Columbia is, it's just east of Vancouver. Because a lot of people aren't probably familiar with Langley. They just know more, you know, major cities and stuff. So just to give you an idea of where she lives. Nice. All right. So let's get right into it. And let's want to first touch on what you're doing right now. And so what is transpersonal counseling psychology? Transpersonal counseling psychology is basically traditional psychology with spiritual aspects added to it. And so were you always a spiritual person? Um, no, I think it's kind of fluctuated throughout my life. My um, connection to spirit and how I define that has changed. Uh, I wouldn't say that I was always a spiritual person and probably wasn't always comfortable with certain aspects of spirituality, but I think I've really come to know what spirituality means to me 
and just defining it for myself. So that's been well, that's nice. a, a nice journey. And so what actually led you towards this career path? Because there's kind of been, there could have been like a ton of different career paths you could have went to, right? You could have done anything, especially out there. You could have been a tree climber or a cutter or something, you know, like you could do so <laughs> much things. <laughs> um, uh, so what is it about that led you here? I think what really drew me in was was getting to help people. And I grew up in school having friends that were kind of from the other side of the tracks, weren't really into the greatest scene. And so I just feel um, strongly about helping mainly youth and especially addicted youth, just helping them work through their problems and figuring that out so that they can lead happy lives and yeah because i think that's what we all want right we all want to to learn to to love and to experience happiness and joy in life which is something mm -hmm. that we don't for for many reasons right i know jade you can speak on that you wrote a book on that but there's many things that sort of go on and so it's nice that you have that compassion for the youth so i'm guessing did something happen when you're a kid to sort of almost sort of maybe see yourself in these youth yeah, I think for me it was being in high school, just um, hanging out with young teens who were into drugs and, and alcohol use and, and crime. And I was hanging out with them, but was sort of one step removed. I came from a very different family than what most of my friends were brought up in. So I feel like I kind of managed to get off that path and onto a different one. And I've watched in the years since high school ended just um, watching people that I used to call my friends um, commit suicide and end up in jail. And I just want to help in any way that I can to prevent youth from continuing down that road and ending up like the people I knew. Wow. I think that's so interesting. It's amazing how our past can help us as we move forward and to basically guide us to what we're passionate about and who we're passionate to help because there's a million things you can help people in this world and it's and i always like asking why well why do you want to help that group of people so thank you for sharing that and i really hope and you know, when you graduate and as you move forward in your career you can really do that and make that impact that i know your heart desires thank you so how long is the program how long have you been in the program for and how like i understand that you're graduating in july but it, have you been there for two years or three? When July comes, I'll have been in the program for three years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I actually just want to move right into the loss now that we have an understanding about education-wise, what you're up to these days and how, and how you were kind of brought to that space and how, how you kind of got immersed in, in that field and all the different kind of factors you experienced in your life that brought you to that place, including, as you mentioned, loss, tragic loss, suicide, and, and things of that nature. But on a more personal level, um, I want to talk about what you mentioned in your bio, which was that you, you had lost your grandmother pretty recently in the summer of 2015. And I'm just curious to know what your relationship was like with your grandmother. Can you just kind of describe that for us? Sure. Um, yeah, me and my grandmother, uh, I called her nanny, and we were very close. She was would look after me when I was little for my mom a lot while my mom was at work and and we just had a really strong connection I think like even on a on a soul level just like really strongly connected she was had some issues with her health and so I would sort of go over and I could just lift her spirits lift her out of 
um, whatever she was feeling physically. And I think just I was a person in her life that didn't expect anything from her, like just being with her was enough for me. So I think that was helpful for her. And um, she just like loved me so much and made me feel really special. So that was the gift that I got in that relationship. Oh gosh, that's beautiful. And when you say soul connection, what does that mean to you? To me, that means that um, our souls knew each other before this life. So we've had other lives together, I imagine, and um, and that that caused us to have an even stronger bond in this life. Almost like it was a, a, a continuation from somewhere else and you had already built something prior to her playing the role of your grandmother in this life. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's amazing. Really cool. And so when she passed away, how did you how did you find out that like were you anticipating it or were you, is it more shocking and and just describe what that time was like you finding out? Yeah, I she actually had a stroke and so um she had the stroke and my sister was calling me. It was a Friday night. I was actually one of my friends from out of town was visiting. And so me and my husband were on our way to a party. And then I got a call saying something happened to Nan. And um, that immediately, that happens. It wasn't unfamiliar for me because she's had health issues. Um, She only had one lung and stuff. So it was very easy for her to get sick. So it was not unfamiliar, but it right away I felt something was different. And so I went, I actually went to the party and was really uh, not doing so well, but was waiting for more information about what was happening with her. So yeah, I, I ended up leaving the party and going to the hospital to see her. And immediately upon seeing her, knowing that this was completely different than any other time she'd been to the hospital and she wasn't responsive. She was awake but couldn't speak to us or anything and that night I just remember feeling really like scared for her like if she wondering if she was scared and couldn't tell us like I didn't want to leave but knew that I had to right so yeah that was kind of how I found out so it was it was a shock and then and then just from there it was three weeks of her being in the hospital so really the grieving process started then right and that's interesting that you say that you felt scared for her, almost like you could take on some of her, you know, emotion at at that time, almost like you you guys were so close, it's like I'll carry a little bit of this burden for you automatically without her asking you or, or you know, like a lot of times when we're super close to somebody and they go through something tragic, we can, it's like we're going through, you know, everything with them, but on a very deep level like it would be like we're emotionally and physically experiencing what they're going through and we're yes in, and in a way we're like carrying a bit of that for them like I'm here and I'm with you and I'm going through this too and brave to be able to do that too because not a lot of people can sit with with other people's fear and the unknown and and you know I find people usually retreat either and kind of close up and push back it's it's rare that people are prepared to really sit with somebody else's suffering, let alone carry some of it for them. So what was it like yeah. sitting sitting with with that? 
Like, can you like take us through? Like, were you crying? Were you like singing to her? Like, what what were the things that you were, you would do or feel? Uh, well, over the course of the three weeks, uh, my feelings just were like a roller coaster. I went through probably every emotion possible. I was at times I was hopeful, and then there were other times that I was angry, or I was sad, or sometimes even felt like guilty. So there was just a whole slew of emotions uh, coming at me. And I think, yeah, I I would just sit with her and and talk to her, even though she wasn't able to respond in the way that, you know, we do as as humans. I know that on a spirit level, she was there with me. And um, and yeah, just just talk to her and, and try to comfort her. Yeah. Do you remember what the last thing you said to her was? Uh, I don't really. No? No, I don't. I I would assume it was something along the lines of, I love you, Nan. But, like, I had many conversations with her, one-sided conversations. Yeah. While she was in hospital. And, um, yeah, I remember one of the last things that I said to her was was that I I wish that she hadn't been such a good grandmother because then it wouldn't be so hard to lose yeah. her. Well, I think, too, there's so many words and emotions exchanged through just, like, when you're with somebody at the end of their life and you're just, like, looking at them, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like streams of, like, so many, so many words are being exchanged without anybody really talking. And I don't know, well, obviously you've had that experience and, and Josh, perhaps you have as well. And, and And I definitely have, but it's like... Like, I know when my grandmother passed, I I had, I said so many things to her with my eyes. And even though she couldn't talk back, I know she was telling me all, you know, a, a bunch of things that she wanted to as well. So I think, you know, communication isn't always what we verbalize. And, and sometimes it's just being there in, in that, in that moment together. Yeah, I agree. And, I like- and, and she would squeeze our hand too at times even though like and they said her brain wasn't really functioning like but I didn't I don't care about that really like (laughs) I just know that she was there and she was squeezing my hand and that's all I needed you know yes yes and it's like what she's saying through that too right so Mm -hmm. it's like we have to expand our idea of what communication means in those final moments and you know those are the things we hold on to too like we I just we hold on to those memories and like she knew I was there. She had to have because even if they say their brain's not working and they can't see or they're not conscious, just having that squeeze like to me just says like I'm aware that you're here and that I love you. I mean I can put so many things into a simple hand squeeze. <laughs> so like <laughs> me too. <laughs> just like oh she told me you know that everything was going to be fine and that she loved me and you know and. Through that, through that moment, we recount, you know, are able to recount all these different memories and stuff. So, wow, really powerful stuff. So, you also mentioned about tell us about living life to to honor her. And after the extreme emotional roller coaster, it sounds like this her passing not only gave you like a new lease on life, but also inspiration and power to honor her through the way that you live. Now, not only in, not only through the grief, but through, you know, some of the things that, some of the more positive emotions. So can you just tell us how her passing and your personal journey through your grief has helped you kind of 
change your perspective on life and some of the things that have changed for you in your day-to-day? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that her passing really made me want to carry on, like like um, Josh was saying earlier, her legacy, which in my eyes is her living life to the fullest. And I just saw her model that for me my entire life with her her struggling with her illness, but still never letting that stop her. Like, it was like, I want to do something, so I'm just going to do it. And, like, I'll deal with the consequences tomorrow. Like, I'm going to get out there and do what I want to do. And and she just had this real um, childlike side to her. Like, she got joy out of, out of the similar things that children would, you know. And that, for me, is what I really want to carry forward. Like, just feeling really joyful in each moment of life and regardless of of what I've been through or or anything just just holding on to holding on to that and and wanting to adventure and, and experience life. So you saying like before her loss you were taking maybe life a little too seriously? Uh yeah, I think I have that's definitely my work is um is this pressure that I have on myself and 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 yeah, taking life too seriously and I've just realized, you know, life is not a guarantee, you know, like it can be taken from us at any minute. So it's better to, in my eyes, go and do things and not hold yourself back and and just live your life. Yeah, so like what I what I hear anyways is like we, we have these fears and we we sort of box ourselves in sometimes. And you're you're about taking the box down and start seeing life from a new perspective where you can have fun again and be joyous and be happy and inspire others as your grandmother inspired you at an earlier age. Like imagine that. Like imagine like the wisdom like of your grandma and how she got there in your body, right? Like so I'm guessing what you're around twenty five? Twenty two. Thirty? 22, 22. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> 22, <laughs> yeah, see, 25, like, it's pretty close, <laughs> also, she's um, also, no, she but what is, I'm talking she's about, very like, wise for her age, <laughs> for your grandmother, right, like, you knew her, I'm guessing, when she was 60, something like that, right, um, as you yeah. grew up, and she had this sort of childlike quality, but she went through life learning that, and, like, here's this, here's you, who's much younger, that's getting this lesson, I think that's so beautiful, because there's a lot of people around you, I'm guessing, that are still living in this world that's very serious. And, you know, so they, they box themselves in and it's nice that you're reaching out and trying something different to to find that joy and to try to remain that happiness that I believe is possible as as you walk forward through life. It's interesting because we always we always talk about finding joy and you know, we talk about grief and bereavement and, and a lot of things that are really heavy on the podcast. But this concept of finding joy within it all keeps coming up. And I don't know if you've listened to any of the prior episodes, but like we talked about the koala bear challenge. We talked about just finding joy and not taking it so seriously and not allowing those experiences to just cut you off and make you bitter and close you up and to keep pushing forward. And so I think that's so cool that that was a gift that she gave you and and yeah it's like all that wisdom she's passing down to you and you're going to carry the torch forward and inspire other people to find their kind of lightness and being as they navigate some of the ups and downs of life I think it's I think it's really cool Um, yeah and I see that sort of as 
my gift to her to wherever she is that I'm carrying this on and that I'm living life fully. Absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, yeah, think, I'm sorry. I cut I you off there. Go ahead. I think it's amazing how, you know, you can get to that place where we had another guest on here also that sort of talked about something similar where the death itself, you use it as a catalyst to find meaning in the sense that you said, like you, when you're going forward in honor of your, your grandmother, you don't want to waste those moments. It's almost, you're, you're doing it in memory of her, right? Like you're, you're finding joy, you're finding happiness, you're taking life not so seriously for your, your grandmother. And I think a lot of people after loss can get bitter, angry, as you said, guilty, and they carry that forward. And so they, they suffer through loss because they don't have that loved one anymore. But you sort of look at it in a different angle. We're saying, I love them and I miss them, but you know, like I've got to continue on for them. So their death has a bit more meaning in the sense of who I become. And I know like with my father that passed away, that's something that I have done is sort of use that loss to say, you know, um, I'm going to be different because of it and in a positive way. I'm going to help others too. So I'm really amazed that as a young, in like such a young age, you've learned that. So um, hopefully some listeners out there can maybe realize there is a different way that, you know, you still have to mourn uh, and, and go through those negative emotions but you see life in a different way and your life has a bit more meaning. And I sort of like look at it too as like when, when you're single and you're just doing your thing, you know, life's a certain way. But then when you have a child, well, it changes because your perspective on life changes. So I think it's a, you're, you do a lot for the other person, right? You change your ways. So you're not maybe clubbing as much anymore, or, you know, doing kind of uh, those negative behaviors. It's very similar, right? You have a, there's a change that occurs uh, in your life. And so could you just tell us a little bit more of how long did that take and were there any emotions that came up after the loss? So like the funeral and then like how long did it take you to start, I guess, on this change Building your, this new perspective image from, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, it's like always a work in progress. I feel like that goes for um, grief in general. It just, it comes and goes in waves for me. So I've, it probably took me um, until ooh, maybe about a year to really start feeling like, okay, this is this is how life is now and, and start working more into what I'm going to make this mean for the rest of my life. Losing her was like my worst nightmare, even as a child, like I'd think about it and I'd start crying. So so when it became reality, it was like, oh my God, this is happening. It was really scary. So yeah, there was uh yeah, a lot of different emotions and and I was angry at first that it was happening, like that it was something out of my control, like I didn't I didn't give the okay on this, like I wasn't ready for her to go. And then working through um when I when I decided that it was kind of more time for her to go, like she had been in the hospital for a little while and 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 I was kind of like, okay, it's time for you to go now. Like we have lives that we have to get back to. Like everything felt like it was on hold and, and I was newly engaged at the time. So then it was like the wedding was on hold, like no planning was happening. And so it kind of became this limbo. And I felt guilty too for having those feelings like, okay, I'm ready actually now. Like I wish it wasn't happening, but, but I need it 
to happen so that life can move forward. And then since then, it's just been um, waves of of sadness, just missing her and and wanting to be able to call her or um, go have tea with her or something like that. And um, but I but I do feel really strongly connected to her, and I still talk with her. And and when I when I do get upset about having lost her, I know that she's there. Um, so I find a lot of comfort in that and just moving through it with like a, like we were talking about the idea of of living life to the fullest in honor of her um really helps me to to move through all the emotions that come up in the grieving process yeah i like how you said you sort of spoke on you know it's a work in progress right and a lot of people need to know that they have to be easy on themselves because it is it's your entire life you're you're going through the, the, the grieving process and it just changes and changes you. And I think you're at that point where you're looking back and you're like, okay, like, wow, I, I made it through, especially that first year that was so hard on you. And I like too how you spoke about these continuing bonds. You said like you spoke to your grandmother. And so what other things have you done um, to continue that relationship? Well, I, I like I said, I, I, converse with her and when a song comes on the radio that makes me think about her um you know I sing it and and just imagine her being there in the passenger seat of my car like um (laughs) more alive than ever and uh and I just I also I well I was seeing a medium at times so so I was getting that these messages from her um that were really that were really beautiful and and I connect with her in nature too when I see butterflies. She actually told me before she passed that that would be the sign for her one day. So so when I see butterflies, I think about her and, and just maintaining a connection spiritually in that sense, just um, knowing that whenever I think about her, she's there with me. I think it's interesting when you come to the, the butterfly that you talked about it prior to her loss. So she, when did that come up? Like, so you guys must have talked about loss prior to her death. Yeah, we did. I can't remember exactly how long before, but it would have been like years before. But she had told me, you know, when I die, I'll come back as a butterfly. And that's how you'll know, like, that I'm around. Um, I think it was, I think that was because she had, she was the woman who was always there with the people who were dying in our family. Like, she was the one at the hospital. She'd say goodbye to everybody. She was kind of the one to send them on their way. So I think that was her just letting me know, like, that's how I'm going to show up for you because she had been around for so much loss um, that that was important to her that I know that. Is that common, Josh? Like, have you found that in your own own stuff? I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody having a conversation. I've had, like, people afterwards saying, oh, they come in, like, doves or birds or, you know, whatever cat or whatever you know and I just feel like it's that's my interpretation of it and and that's what I'm going with but I've never heard somebody having a conversation about that prior to yeah I think it's it's more rare because you have to be okay talking about the person's death and I think that's very uncommon because no one wants to think of that right so it's actually really cool that you did and I think that's something we should all talk about society more often is about you know what happens when you pass and and what's that going to look like and yeah. you know and sit with that because one day it may occur 
And so, is there anything else? Because well, uh, I know like other people. It's not May. It's not May. It's not <laughs> it will. May going, it will. It's going to. It's going to. No, no matter. All right. It's going to occur. Get a burst my bubble. Accept it. You're the you're, you're the grief expert. You you know this better than you know this better than anyone. But yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's 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 hard for people to have that conversation. But I think it's really cool when somebody does give that heads up beforehand. She was. I was going to say, like, that's something that I've never actually had that conversation with anyone. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, have you ever heard yeah. that? Because you talk to so many people about loss and, and grief. It's like, have that, has that ever come up in the thousand conversations you've had about it? But I guess not. I guess, Melly, you're the first. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I heard, yeah, yeah. I actually heard it from about two other people, but I've talked to a lot of people. So I just think it's so unique on yeah. that. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, she was actually um, pretty comfortable talking about it. It made the rest of us uncomfortable because we didn't want to yeah. think about that. But for her, like, she was just really open about that. And um, and we actually all, me and my mom and my sister and my nanny all sat together um, with her jewelry box one day and we picked out what pieces we were going to have. Um, and this was years before her passing, but it was basically you know, figuring out how her will was going to be divided in, in the jewelry aspect, because um, that was something that really um, was prominent when you would describe her, like she loved jewelry. So we all went over and had tea and, and made a girl's day of it and, and chose which pieces we'd want when the time came. And so then for years, I'd joke, she'd have a ring on and I'd be like, that's mine. And she's like, hey, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was it it was interesting a, a different way of of going about it. I think. Cool. So what so, jewelry did you get? Um, I have a number of her rings and um, some gold bangles, uh, but the w- one ring that I wear every day. The one ring to rule them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I wonder who's the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I appreciate the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings uh, reference. I do too. <laughs> Very much so. Right. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the tattoo. And can you just share with some of the listeners uh, the inspiration for the tattoo and, and, and what made you decide to get it and, and what is it and where is it and all that? Yeah, so shortly after her passing, I guess, I decided that I really wanted to get a tattoo in her memory and so I actually got um, a teacup, a little floral like China teacup tattooed on my lower calf, and it has a butterfly perched on it. And um, there's a little tea bag tag hanging down the side of the cup, and it says "With Love, Nanny" on it, and it's actually her handwriting. Beautiful, and it's her writing. And was this your first tattoo that you had? No. Okay. No, it it was my third. It was your third, okay. And was oh, it painful man. to get this one? No. No, okay. No, I yeah, I I felt really um happy to be getting it and and just to be honoring her and I was excited to show it off to everybody in my family. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I think did anybody else in your yeah. family get a ta- get a tattoo? Or no, nobody you? else has had one, yeah. Oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I think, you know, like, because you had tattoos prior, is that one reason why you went that way? Um, It might be. I wouldn't know because if I didn't already have tattoos, then it would be a different experience, I guess. 
Um, it it might that might have played into it a little bit, I guess. It wasn't something that I always knew that I wanted to get, I guess. Like I it it was just kind of um after she passed I just decided like, oh, it'd be really cool to get, you know, a teacup in her in her honor. And the butterfly, obviously, since that was her sign that she gave to me. And the teacup is the symbolism is mainly just because um she's she was British. So tea was a big thing in that household. You know what I think that's, that's so cool. cool. And it's, it's, it's kind of like a permanent a memorial that you have with you every single day and, and it's so common for people to get tattoos. Like a lot of people that we've talked to and just you know, different people I've I've encountered in my life have gotten tattoos to kind of, you know, mark a time in their a time in their life, particularly in relation to grief and loss so it's a really cool cool way to to honor somebody i think it's uh, just because time's running out on this podcast i just want to sort of lead now into any dreams so you've done it you do a lot of talking with her in waking day life you sort of got the tattoo have you ever dreamt of her i have had just one dream and it was very brief but it was just her laying down in a bed i i can't remember if it was a hospital bed or just you know a regular bed um but she was laying down and my mom was sitting next to her, holding her hand, and um, she just looked over at me and said, it's okay, or it's going to be okay, something along those lines. And that was that was it. That was the end of the dream. So. Wow, it's really interesting. And how did you feel like, like coming out of that dream? Like, was it comforting? Yeah, I felt good after having the dream. I probably would have wanted more. Like, oh, that's all you could give me? You know? So... <laughs> But it's definitely always nice being able to see her in that moment was really comforting for me. So if you could pick another dream, just to wrap this up, if you could pick one dream to have tonight of her, what would that look like? Like in terms of setting, where would you where would you be and, and what kind of exchange would you have? And if you could, you know, design your own dream for tonight with your grandmother, can you just describe to the listeners what you would want? Uh, I think... I would want it to be um, at her house and just us two having tea together. And I can I can hear her voice in my head, like telling me that she loves me in the way that she always would. So so I think that's what I would want. And what is she wearing? Oh, I can't even I can't even decide like in my head what she would be wearing. <laughs> she was um, a woman with a with a very large wardrobe. So. <laughs> She was quite fashionable. So, yeah, it's hard to choose what she'd be wearing. Something cute. Yeah, just her regular, like, she always wore stuff with sparkles on it and bright colors. And and so just something, like, vibrant like that. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I like that. And would uh, did your grandmother have any tattoos? No, she didn't. Did your grandmother, <laughs> did your grandmother have any tattoos, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why it's interesting, right? So, <laughs> around this topic, we kind of, you know, I always like picture different things in my mind. People are talking, like, you know, you show her. Yeah, the, and then you're thinking, tattoo. you're picturing her sitting there like, in a vibrant, colorful <laughs> outfit, just tatted up. Just. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think now it's really becoming, I think now it's becoming more common. I think I think we have a lot of grandmothers in the future that are going to be, you know, have more ink. So oh, we, definitely. We, we can look forward to that in the future. <laughs> um, very cool. Well, what a cool podcast and conversation. It was 
this has been an amazing episode and you've been so articulate in you know talking about your your loss and really describing all the different emotions and stuff you've gone through and and the way you've derived meaning from it it's been really wonderful to hear you know your stories and stuff so thank you for being so open and um yeah thank you so much so I, I love any chance to to talk about her so yeah i really enjoyed hearing about her and your relationship with her i think like the quote that you said how um you wish you said to her that you wish she wasn't such a great grandmother and that like it really opened me up because that says everything how the pain right that you felt after that that separation of that bond and how close you guys were and what she meant to you and so you know like you know i'm saddened that you had to go through that experience but i'm also very hopeful and excited of what you're doing with that experience moving forward in life and so this has been a great conversation is there any place where someone could maybe reach out to you or do you have any kind of media handles yeah, I have um, my Instagram handle, which is underscore divine dot thought. And I also have uh, an email that's Melly, M-E-L-L-I-E, Fricker, F-R-I-C-K-E-R, zero one, at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you and, so and much. And why the zero one? <laughs> why the zero one? one? Because Melly Fricker at gmail.com was taken, believe it or not. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so then it gives you an option like do you want to add a digit or whatever so that's yeah totally what you've done that's, that's on well you're yeah, the like number, number one, one. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're the number one melly fricker in my books <laughs> <laughs> thank you amazing so she's given us her information so if anybody wants to reach out and just give her some feedback or comments you can, you know, find her on, at the on Instagram. She has a really cool Instagram page, by the way. If you're looking for some motivation and, and encouragement, I encourage you to check that out and follow her and then email her um, if you are so inclined. And it's been All a right, pleasure so having you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being on the podcast. Thank you for for inviting me. Okay, so we're just wrapping up now. So please check out our platform at griefdreams.ca for more information on the topic. If you have Facebook, you can join the Grief Dreams Facebook group and you can share any kind of dreams or that you've had of your loved one. Um, or if you just want to read others, we have hundreds on there. Uh, so also you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter, Dreams. This podcast can be found on iTunes, many other podcasting platforms. And once again, if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast and want to share your story and your journey, uh, please email us. Uh, your story and what you want to share um, and you can do that at griefdreamspodcast at gmail.com and once again with love and gratitude from us to you the new beginning beginning